It's Tuesday, October 23rd, and it's almost 6 o'clock in the morning. It's dark out, and I'm just heading, heading out, heading out, heading out for a walk. I've been awake for a bit. Uh, I was catching up with the Netflix Daredevil uh, season three, I guess. And thinking about, I was thinking about, well, what should I talk about for for this episode of this podcast? And well, just looking up, there's the space station. So I was thinking about writing for comics, graphic novels, comic books, and I was thinking about the the formatting. I I tried at least twice to break into uh, writing comic books, and I can remember writing... I'm not sure how long ago it was, but I had I had come up with a kind of science fiction. It was it was weird, uh, weird sci-fi sort of uh, sort of Lovecraft meets Isaac Asimov kind of stuff. So there was robots, but uh, it was very. What is it called when there's a fusion between metal and organic? Uh, so there was a bit of that. Which reminds me of Frank Miller's Ronin. Because there was, there was a bit of that. There was this organic plus cybernetic plus machine. <clears throat> um... Yeah, so I, I I came up with this. Uh, oh, now I'm remembering when I was a teen, and I uh, I was actually we were living in this place that was away from my childhood friends, and so I had all this time, and found myself one day writing a comic book, and I think it was called Uni Man, and. I think it was a bit inspired by uh, G.I. Joe. The uh, I'm not sure how many incarnations of G.I. Joe there have been, but this was this was the '80s incarnation uh, that we still have. I mean, uh, they've made movies out of it, and so I had uh, a character that was this uni man was sort of. Uh, uh, half white on one like one side was of the uniform was white and the other side was was black and I, I can't remember what all the the powers were uh, but there was this yin yang quality to the character and that was just that was for myself that's interesting you know that uh, that 
writing for comic books for myself. I think I think it's interesting. It goes back to uh, teens, and then so I was conscious. I was conscious of comic books, and I was making I was making one. And then much later, I attempted to do a uh, attempted to do that sci-fi, that weird sci-fi one that I was mentioning. And that one I actually sent to Dark Horse, which is DC. I think it was because of the it was sort of more mature. There's a I remember being early on uh, getting no rejections was worse than getting a rejection because you just don't know you're not getting you're not getting any feedback and I remember waiting waiting and waiting and then uh and then just and then just giving up and moving on to other projects I believe I believe though that I used it for a manuscript like I I kept working with it and the the ideas even then however even then I I had a feeling of say not understanding structure not understanding how the story moves that say that there's this roller coaster of you're you're on the upswing now. Oh, now you're on the downswing. And it was very easy it was very easy to write, but I wasn't I wasn't conscious of story. So there was a lot of self expression and I was I was putting stuff down on paper. But it didn't communicate. So somebody picked it up and they would read it and go, oh, well, that's, you know, that moment is is interesting, but what's happening? What's the point of this? Where is it going? One, One writer that I experienced early on was, uh, let's say I'm still conscious of, besides... Besides, say, um, Stan Lee, uh, one, one that was sort of, say, deeper and more complex was Alan Moore when he was working on Swamp Thing at DC Comics. And I remember getting sucked into it, and too, just as much for the art, because it was almost like an engraving, I guess, like, say, there were all these lines... And it had this, it seemed much more detailed. And I find myself wanting to apologize. Uh, but I, I, was, I was very into this um, version of, of the paranormal. There was something different and unique, of course. Uh, Alan Moore, as, as, as time went on, I realized that Alan Moore was doing things that others were not. Uh, he was breaking ground. Uh, 
And enough has been said about that. But I just remember that was one comic book and one writer. As I went along, I realized that you know, here's, here's this person coming up with stories. But again, it's, it's being uh, constrained. And it's, one is telling a story. And that's different from, say, what I was starting off with, which was just this chaos. <clears throat> I was describing it to someone on Twitter, one of the turtle writers, that uh, one of the people who were, who's, who were managing the turtle writers, uh, or not managing them, but uh, not corralling them. Uh, anyways... You know, she's the, the turtle writers are very encouraging, and I found myself talking with about the before and after, studying, um, you know, making a serious go of learning the craft of story, and to on my own picking up tools. But there was a before and after. There was the raw chaos of almost like a anti-story, a non-story where things were happening. It was more like life, where, there's no, where there wasn't a three-act structure. And I, I've, I've made an argument, maybe just to myself, but I remember, I remember having a moment where I was dis- describing, like, say, when we go to a movie, we have expectations. We, you know, a certain thing is going to happen that we want and you know what is that and how does it work um, but there are cultural expectations I remember at some point seeing a there was some sort of textbook and they were having they were showing different forms of storytelling around the world and feel free to correct me but uh, there was there was a uh, an Asian, a traditional Asian version where it showed a a spiral. So it wasn't this linear procession. We didn't go through these, the three, like say, there's the quote, quote, Western, uh, Western version of storytelling, this linear Versus uh, this different, a different one. And two, I can remember sitting in some movie theaters, being totally lost at the end of a of a movie. I think it was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. There were translations, but I just I didn't get the movie. And I've had that experience a number of times with Asian, specifically say Chinese movies that are uh, closer to closer to a traditional storytelling versus more, say, contemporary. Um, but back to, back to comic books. So my, my weird sci-fi one, it, it didn't happen. And I'm just remembering, I worked, on a, I worked with a, an artist. We were both fans of Doctor Who, and this is going back 30 years and I came up with, I was writing, <laughs> the poor guy, I, 
I had uh, I had written I had written a scene, but it was totally um, static. Uh, there was there was no change that happened, uh, at least visually. So he he drew the thing, but it was stuck in this room, and there was no action that was happening. So it was very it was very cerebral. It was almost it was almost uh, avant-garde. Uh, like say if you ever see those um, local newspapers, we have a newspaper here, and they have or they used to have. Uh, cartoons where the frame the, the the image did not change so you would have three frames and the image didn't change but but the text did and it was cool because it was it was cool because it's the same image but it's being it's being perceived in a different way it's being projected in a different way by the text So, jump ahead to most recently, and I had this, I had this notion I was going to do this uh, lone wolf and cub, but it would be post-apocalyptic, and it, it was it was revisiting this sci-fi idea I had for that humans. It's not just that humans are the human species ending, but it it is that the human species is evolving. That there's uh, that there's these transhumans that are leaving Earth, and there's this last ditch attempt to stop them, right? Because humanity has to end, and it does, and. Uh, but these, but these uh, new humans, they uh, they move on and uh, head off into space, a spacefaring race. So, I I do I do think about writing for writing for comics, off and on. I'll find myself thinking about it. I'm just, I'm just trying to think about why, why I say I'm not focusing on it or focused on it, or why I'm not digging up, say, a local artist, connecting with a local artist, and I am open to collaboration. I was, uh, I've, I've met people recently and I've mentioned you know oh hey you know maybe we can collaborate sometime I think I think that's coming from a social a social place of it's 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 less uh, actual product I can think of some collaborations that have um, it, it seemed like say it was more a part of a friendship rather than an actual like the the product, and why I'm thinking of one that was it was Stephen King and another guy, and I think it was called something like the the it wasn't the necklace, but it was something like that, like the scarab or the 
an S word in the title, the, you know, some kind of necklace. And I'm not sure how they did it exactly. Another one I'm thinking of is uh, Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman, and I'm sure there's many others, but yeah, I think I think the one I'm thinking of is Stephen King and Peter Straub. I'm thinking of, and uh, there were moments where it was, the, if it just felt like they weren't taking it entirely seriously, and. I just sort of came away with it going, wow, you can get stuff like that published. And it, was, it seemed more like a lark uh, rather than a, a work of art, I guess that's what I'm thinking. A novelty. You know, come into this tent where you will see two best-selling authors make out. Oh, well... Uh, sorry, sorry for that image. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, anyways, I'm I'm in that boat. I I do I have some artistic. Uh, I have I've 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 some, but but I don't I haven't practiced. I haven't studied. I and I know people who. Who, who have made uh, a habit and a career of that, or at least, you know, the, in the pursuit of that. And word, language, story, that's important to me. I think more and more I, I'm sort of looking at that as that this text adventure, it's... It's there's a bit of therapy involved. Uh, there's, it's, it's telling. It's not just telling a story. It's telling my story. I'm I'm reflecting on my culture, my community, and so say that you know the thing, the conversation that I'm not able to have on the outside, that I'm not able to discuss with people for whatever reason uh just that i'm not you know connected or it's just not possible and so you know i will i will go to this inner place and i will have this have this adventure this expedition and then and then return with as joseph campbell says the elixir and and two, I, I, I am thinking of a, of a particular audience, sort of getting off track, I think. So comic books. I, I still, I'm still involved in comic books. I can remember when I gave away my uh, comic book collection. And I still think back to that, but... It, it was important to I think I think it was it, yeah literature studying the written word um, a frustration of that it wasn't it wasn't enough the the image I know that 
it, one can go just as deep with the graphic image as one can go with the written word. And so I, I moved away from that. And two, I, I will return from time to time. I, I take an interest in discussing. Uh, I take an interest in, in, in seeing these adaptations that are happening. And uh, just sort of say little moments like uh, the Avengers movie and Ultron. And I think they... I think the original inventor was Hank Pym. And Hank Pym, I think, was the original Ant-Man. I think there was a number of incarnations. Ant-Man and Goliath. And... But that he was the... He was the inventor of Ultron. And then the Vision? But they... They cut, they cut him out. I think they gave, wasn't it? They gave Ultron to Tony Stark. That Tony Stark was the inventor. Something like that. And a lot of that makes sense. You know, say if Tony Stark is building suits, why not build a robot? So it goes together. But say, in my mind, I remember reading those comic books. I think they were reprints. I wasn't reading them hot off the press. But I do remember uh, that character being cut out. And, and too, that's, you know, that's fine. The other thing, too, is that those movies aren't comic books. Um, what's another... What's, <laughs> once again, I'm uh, getting lost. Oh, uh, adaptation. I did get a chance to study screenplay writing at the local film school for a year and so they put us through put us through the paces put us through the process and one of the classes we were looking at adaptation and how you can you can change almost the whole thing except for the beating heart and i've seen you know of course there's a number of movies like say lord of the rings or The Hobbit, where there's these changes, alteration. It's still, it's still there, the story is still there, but for whatever reason, um, dramatic, usually dramatic reason, that there have been these changes made. So, uh, will I ever attempt to approach a comic book company? I think it's more likely with something like a image or some some company that's hungry, an independent, say, an independent comic book publisher that's hungry for new stuff. Of course, it's it's got to be interesting. Uh, in my case, I think I've gotten better at structure, but. I still, I'll still get lost in the machinery, happily lost in the machinery, and then, but then realize that I've got to adjust it for the reader, uh, because they're not, 
they're coming in and they don't know what's going on. And two, perhaps I can return to my lone wolf and cub idea. Or whatever. (laughs) Ah, let's see. Would I ever do... I met I met one guy who uh, he he completely he wasn't interested in writing novels. And what's my thought here? There's something that happens with it's sort of almost the difference between radio and television. Of course, more so that there's something very cerebral. Uh, with with comic books or graphic novels, you're being given uh, the, the image. You don't have to imagine it. It's there. I think what happens is a kind of animation from from frame to frame that we're filling in the blanks. Uh, I can't remember how many frames it is for film, but so that there, there are these frames that are missing, but our, our imagination when we read comic books, we're, we're filling in that, that gap in between. Uh, and it can be pretty exciting, especially when breaking free of however many panels, or say the shapes of the panels change. I can remember reading, I think it was Marvel comic books, in the 1970s Marvel comic books, and they had these blobs, these black blobs of that were supposed to denote energy. And a difference I've seen, I've seen some Asian comic books. I'm more familiar with the Korean, but but there's a cross pollinization with the. Uh, cross-pollinization with uh, was it China China, Korea, Japan and of course and there's other countries around there but they have symbols that they use that say uh, you know I wasn't familiar with Um, it's interesting to be talking to people that are fans of uh, manga or anime and say you you grow up with these symbols one of them is a sort of a hash mark or a pound sign on the forehead as one example and I'm not sure if we have that exactly but it means say that somebody is angry or stressed out and Pardon me, I've, I'm just realizing, just looking up at outer space, the stars above, and uh, the dark trees. So interesting, the, the transition from summertime, you know, heading into winter, and the... 
I'm not sure, I'm not sure how to describe it as far as you know one is you know one doesn't have to wear a heavy coat or long underwear or whatever one can just walk around it's not a big deal leaving the house sometimes it's hot of course during the summer but I guess too it's it's just that like say during the summer six o'clock would have the sun would have been up and yeah back to the topic uh, comic books. I remember going into a comic book shop recently, and the quality of the comic books, the paper, the inks, it didn't have a, it doesn't have a pulp look to it anymore. The paper, I think the paper originally for the comic books was a kind of newsprint and now it seems less so. I can remember even the when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out in the 80s, those first those first comic books were were done on newsprint. And two, they were large. They weren't uh they weren't the usual comic book size. They were it seemed like they were almost twice the size. And they had it was black and white on the inside and then color color covers, but it was only I think it was only like say two two colors for the for the covers. So there's a, a kind of underground quality to uh TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And of course it's of course it's become uh what cliche, it's become it became mainstream. But when they first came out it was it was uh it was a glorious find. It was like what the heck is going on? It's like, it's like daredevils, but cheeky and, uh, would it be, is it kung fu? I think, I think it's karate, isn't it? Ninjas? Anyways. Oh, it's ninjas. So that's Japanese. I can remember having, I think, issue three. And I sold it for eighty dollars, and it was, that was a kind of a weird thing uh, to, you know, you buy something for a couple bucks, and you know it's, you know, a little while later it's it's worth much much more. I saw a documentary recently that was talking about how they had how they had they they had started out and then how they had approached I think they had first approached a toy company and then the toy company had gone on to you know, sort of encouraging this cartoon um, this morning early morning cartoon Saturday morning cartoon something like that and then it evolved uh, beyond that Usually I get out and I do, I walk these two streets that are, uh, they're not, they're not busy streets. And 
it's just it's it's a residential area some some nice ish houses with trees it could be you know anywhere in north america could be somewhere in the united states could even be i don't know somewhere in europe but i just i find myself attracted to that there's a uh, there's a uh, a place another place a more sort of like a public like a community center where I can do walking but i decided to uh, i found myself gravitating towards these two streets panels i remember one thing picking up oh it's the alan moore moment it was that alan moore will overwrite like he'll put a harsh amount of detail into describing each panel so there's a huge amount of depth he's putting in a lot of research uh, probably he's probably doing more than anyone else and that say that that's something that that you pick up there's just so much going on in these pictures and it's a bit there's i'll have these antiquarian moments or there's a kind of joy as well with the 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 amount of information going on the research that has been put into it and it would be nice if if that was always the case uh, that say a writer is is putting that that much depth into what they're doing but as i have learned it's about story you can you can talk as, as much as you want about the the setting or the food but but really it's about the story it, it which which is about the people and that's something that i've come into is i i i would really delight on the uh what is it i delight on the setting uh i would i would delight on the i would be delighted with the uh costume um and then the actual you know question of of the story would be l- uh low on the list and over time that's changed uh and as i was sort of expressing to the turtle writer that that that's something that i miss but it's kind of a sacrifice that i'm willing to make i was talking yesterday about uh, the say self publishing that like say if you eliminate the middleman what you what you eliminate is the checks and balances and so you can put some some wild and crazy stuff out there and and pros and cons pros and cons like say 
it's it's really opened up things as far as that goes. But and, and two, I have my guilty confessions. Uh, there's a there's a guy on Twitter uh, who's who he he was doing almost like say flash fiction. I think it was a bit longer. Uh, I think it's I think it's Joshua, um, and he had this. Uh, sword and sorcery, a, a woman, uh, I think she was an assassin, but she, it was very uh, Tarantino, and sort of sh- shock and awe, and, and I thought it was brilliant, I was like, this is great, you know, it's, uh, I don't, I'm sure other people are doing it, but it was just a pleasurable moment of I felt like I wasn't, you know, worrying about thinking about long, long structure, and it was just sort of this intense moment, and then it, and then it was over, and we were outside it. So there was a an element of magic to that. I'm just thinking now of of the graphic novel and how it started off. It started off as actual, an actual, I think it was an actual novel versus a collection of comic books, which it feels like it has become. Uh, there are, there, of course, there still are novels, but there are these collections that ape that or that, you know, claim to be a graphic novel when in fact it's, it's, it's a collection. And two, I'm, I'm outside of the, I'm outside of the game, and I'm, what is it, I'm not, I'm not involved, and I haven't been, and it's, it's a very weird thing being involved in this game, uh, you know, with other writers and publishers and readers and you know wanting to wanting to second guess and, and say well what what would you like what kind of flavor and then getting hearing back you know no no just write what you want to write and find your niche and that's it's it's sort of easier said than done and I suspect I, I remember I remember reading about Asimov who just said, "Oh, you know, just just do it, just make the stuff, and uh, you know, keep sending it out, and then you end up with a body of work, and." I guess I guess the thing too is is that say to have the uh, to have a a group of people that are are into what you're doing that uh, so I don't I don't have that kind of consciousness and in a way it's good because I'm 
because say I'm <laughs> I can't pander to them because I don't know who they are. Um, so people have said some lovely things, you know, but I I don't you know I don't have them uh, on my doorstep demanding demanding more. Maybe I do. I'm, I'm you know maybe I'm just. Uh, blocking it out. You know, what is it called when horses have those blinders on? So we're talking about comic books. It's it it's it's interesting. I wonder how long comic books have been around. There, I remember picking up some some history of comics or the science of comics uh, Scott uh, there was this guy who wrote a couple books about uh, what was going on with illustration <clears throat> and uh, we can go back to political illustrations and going back much farther I was seeing a uh, I've, I've, I've seen pictures of uh, Pompeii where they have these paintings on the wall uh, you know, fantastic and very realistic it's bizarre that there's these these paintings it's, it's say like the statues that, you know, the level of um, graphic uh, graphic portrayal, graphic interpretation, was at the same uh, level as as people who were doing statues, these amazing lifelike statues. And then we go into the medieval, where, uh, especially say, I'm thinking early medieval, where these, or even B Byzantine, there's this odd kind of, um, it be things become more cartoon and less realistic. It seems like that there's the the 3D quality is, is lost. But anyways, yeah. Uh, so that's going back. Pompeii, that's going back 2,000 years. And I've, you know, I guess you could take it all the way back to cave paintings and this uh, relating these stories, uh, connecting with these, I guess almost like powers of the mind, these archetypes and spirits and say in my own case, there's something uh, potent uh, in the realm of superheroes people who are uh, doing the right thing, you know, who want to make a difference, who are willing to stand up against, uh, this is great because <laughs> uh, just yesterday or a couple days ago, I, I was talking about uh, pow the power dynamic and uh, this, I guess this is going into a superpower dynamic. But, but really, these, these figures are standing for culture. They're standing for our culture. 
because I'm in North America, I can I can say it's it's my culture. You know, this is this is a reflection of civilization. This is you know these stories, um, the narrative. It's all about our rights and freedoms, civil rights, and democracy. And too interesting that that there is that opportunity to to tell a story that is in a in a medium that is halfway between text. It involves text, but it's also image. It's it's this combination of the two. It's not straight up, um, you know, movie television. And it's not straight up text, and it's this it's this hybrid of the of the two worlds, the mind and then the external and the the other day i was I was talking about it was ending talking about I ended it with Rosa Parks. I, probably because there was a episode of the new Doctor Who that had Rosa Parks in it, and it it was it was very difficult to watch. I felt myself pulling away. Uh, that uh, I find the news. I'm sure everybody you know is having difficulty with the news, and it's easy to say, regardless of what side you're on. Uh, and you know, just just hearing that you know that there, that you know, fascism is on the rise. That we're we're sort of tilting towards totalitarianism, totalitarianism again. And oh, you know, that would suck. Uh, with you know, to go to go through that again. Uh, can't we just uh, avoid that? And can't we can't we agree that that's a bad idea? You know that mass murder via military is a bad idea. Another another thought is uh, coming up is with you know the UN's report with twenty forty that it's predicted we'll have a 1.5 increase in global temperature. With that comes desperation. And with desperation, people, people will be motivated to do things for their, for their survival, uh, in wanting to you know, continue their way of life. Uh, I, see, I see my city as... You know, there's so many people here who've who've come from other places, uh, you know, who've immigrated, who are who are looking for a better life, and to be to be suddenly sort of thrown into the turmoil of, you know, trying to get away from something, and you you know you just can't. Now turning back, how does the, how does how do comic books come into this, Moss? Uh, 
I think comic books are a very awesome medium for communicating clearly and say the the role of the superhero is is to take a stand for the best you know the best in us uh, kind of like uh, a star trek a, uh, a star trek manifesto that it is possible to be a kind and decent person uh, while the world is falling apart and to sort of say hold uh, hold values higher I got a chance to hang out with uh, TG uh, a local writer uh, at the local convention and uh, I kept I kept getting these references uh, both from when I saw her at the convention and then on Twitter online and she kept referring to Captain America and the more the more that she referred to the you know to Cap the more the more I got it and the more I dug her and uh, I can remember too when I was when I was growing up it was it was Superman you know, just this, you know, you can fly, right? Here's somebody who can fly. And as a kid, I was like, you know, that's an option. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was sort of like the first, <clears throat> or maybe one of the one of the first sort of characters that I, I looked up to as sort of a role model, which is sort of weird because it's, you know, somebody who doesn't exist. And yet... You know that they are imprinted with these values. Just thinking back to the first Superman comic books, you know where he's he's a bit of a gangster, right? He's you know <laughs> he's beating people up, and it's very sort of it's not uh, super villains at the beginning. It's just it's you know guys with guns, gangsters, you know yeah, see. And uh, it makes sense. It's you know, at, you know the at the time, you know, the James Cagney kind of mob uh, gang boss. But back to TG, and she had this uh, essay where she she was talking about how important Captain America was to her, and I'm I, I'm just you know there's. I don't think we're going to get away from bad times and uh, the fascism that, you know, in one form or another, um, <laughs> how dare you drive through my podcast. Um, but, yeah, uh, in, in Canada, we stay, uh, we say we, we stand on guard for the and on 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 one level, uh, I would love comic books to be moving us towards uh, world peace, towards 
uh, every country, you know, we're, we're working together to, well, part of my, part of my sort of comic book dream is that we could, if I could do a comic book manifesto, it's that we are uh, colonizing, you know, in, in order to increase our chances of survival as a species. So to get, to get off the planet, you know, do Mars, Venus, uh, get out to the moons, uh, the Jupiter moon, and Sa- I think it's the Saturn moon, the two moons, with the water, you know, and just spread out uh, to increase their chances. Because, why? Uh, well, we, you know, we have things warming up here. Uh, yes, I think it's possible that we can cool, cool it back down. We'd have to be very careful, but uh, but there are there are other things going on, such as uh, Yellowstone National Park, which is a super volcano, and then you know there's eventually we are going to get hit by a, a meteor. You know, not for a long time, but uh, or you know we could get hit by a stray uh, that that is you know coming around from the. Uh, is it the Oort cloud that surrounds us, this solar system. So that's that's one thing I I'd like to see happening in comic books. <laughs> My agenda. This is what we you must be doing. No, um, just say culturally. You know that that movement uh, to 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 sort of show it and to make the argument of you know it's better to set up colonies elsewhere and to be um, spacefaring. Let's see, let's see. So there's that. And then also, also uh, preparing for, for those uh, dark times ahead, shining the light, you know, being, um, uh, being in conversation about about what is, what our values are, right? And unfortunately, unfortunately, eventually, you know, we, we are going to be confronted yet again. And I hate to say that, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sort of looking at it and going, well, you know, with that, 1.5 raise in temperature there's going to be conflict for for resources whether it's whether it's water or food uh, if we're still stuck on energy uh, I, I am I am hoping for the best that we will work together on sol- on a solution and solutions and so that we don't you know that it doesn't have to come to uh, fisticuffs you know that uh, the superhero doesn't have to be fighting with the the villain but it is uh, the, the great thing about comic books and, and just right down to the superhero comic books is uh, they remind us of the difficult uh, decisions and the choices that 
we have to make, not just as a, not just as a person, but as a, a nation, a city, a nation, a planet, and so yeah. So that's I I, I would even say that more and more we're going to see comic books that are talking about that talking about getting getting past this this point and somehow uh, uh, offering solutions as well uh, science fiction kind of solutions uh, fantastical ideas that will inspire uh, and you know get the get the next generation uh, thinking you know it's possible if Captain America can do it or if Superman can do it so can I you know I can I'll just you know put my put my energy into it apply myself put my mind to it and we can survive you know we can we can survive we can find um, we can find hope and happiness. We can, uh, if we have to, we can defeat the bad guys. Uh, but yeah, let's <laughs> let's keep making comic books because comic books are awesome. There's, there's something there's something really uh, wonderful, joyful about comic books and. Uh, they speak to the best uh, in us, usually. <laughs> some, some, some are pretty dark, but even then, you know, there's a. It, it's it's important, it's important to go to those places, and to uh, do the work. All right, take care.